Hi, I'm your host, Alan. This is your host, Corbin. And this is your guide to Candyman 2 or Candyman Farewell to the Flesh, directed by Bill Condon, released March 17th, 1995. After the release of the first Candyman in 1992, director Bernard Rose had the idea for a sequel, or perhaps more of a prequel. According to Virginia Madsen, who played Helen, Rose wanted to capture more of how Candyman and Helen fell in love. But the studio turned it down as they didn't really want to do a movie based around an interracial romance. Rose's plan was to turn Candyman into somewhat of an African-American Dracula. Now, when it comes to the cast, we have a relatively new cast all the way around here. We've got two new writers, Rand Ravich and Mark Kruger, who really haven't done much before Candyman. Uh, two, the director, Bill Condon, has done some stuff. Producers are all different, and of course, the main cast is all different, with the exception of a couple of returners. Of course, uh, Tony Todd is coming back as Candyman. We do have a, if you really kept your eye out, um, Philip, the character of Philip Purcell was reprised by Michael Culkin, who played the same character in the previous movie. He's in like a scene or two. Um, and then, right. of course, we also have Philip Glass returning to do the score. But again, aside from a few returners, everybody else here is pretty new to the Candyman universe so far. Now, the top grossing movies in 1985 uh, would be Die Hard with a Vengeance, Toy Story, Apollo 13, GoldenEye, Pocahontas, uh, surprisingly Batman Forever is on this list. What? Seven, Casper, Waterworld, and Jumanji. Mm. So, of <laughs> course, a lot of these are both famous and infamous for numerous reasons. Um, but the 67th Academy Awards Best Picture went to Forrest Gump that year. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was uh, the year I was born, actually. So I wasn't mm -hmm. watching any movies, clearly. Um, this movie came out a month and a week after I was born. So I was just a wee mm -hmm. lad. Uh, but I, I have gone back and I've watched most of those uh, movies you mentioned. Those are... Pretty big movie, some for good reasons and some are infamous, we could say. Right, yeah, exactly. Now, as I mentioned, March 17th, it released. Uh, I couldn't find a budget for this movie, um, but if the opening weekend in domestic box offices or anything to go by, uh, it probably was a pretty big flop in the theater because it opened with $6 million and domestically it got $13.9 million. And there was also um, no foreign numbers here either. Yeah. So worldwide total of $13.9 <laughs> million, uh, or if you adjust it for inflation for uh, more current currency, it's $24.8 million. So not super great in terms of getting back money from the box office. No, and honestly, the surprising thing is, is it opened in about 400 more theaters or maybe I guess I should say 350 more theaters, which I mean really isn't a lot. But yeah, the last film had a budget of six million. I I found somewhere that this budget may have been six million as well. I couldn't imagine it would be any more. Mm -hmm. So I would guess it would probably be around the same. But um, I mean, hey, bigger opening weekend than last time by about six hundred thousand dollars. So there's something, I guess. It's true. And it, and it did open in a higher um, opening weekend position, too. It did. It actually surprisingly came out at number two. I mean, despite what it got back opening weekend, it came out at number two. Um, Outbreak was number one, which had already been in for a couple of mm, weeks. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, and below, Candyman was Man of the House, which had been in for three weeks. <laughs> Bye Bye Love, which was new that week. Losing Isaiah, which is also new that week. And surprisingly, at number six was Pulp Fiction, which had been in for 23 weeks. What? Um, so Whoa. I, those are the top six for the week that Candyman released. I think another reason it probably didn't do as well at the box office is because this is no longer distributed by TriStar Pictures. It was distributed by Gramercy Pictures. And right. who in the world knows what Gramercy Pictures is? But I mean, I think most film people have heard of TriStar Pictures. So, yeah, I mean, two's not bad, but then again, it came out in March. So, I mean, it makes right. it makes more sense. The Dustin Hoffman movie with a bunch of other big cast would beat this one, but not too bad, even though it makes sense they dumped it in March. Right. Well, as for its second week in the theaters, it uh, dropped down pretty far. Uh, it went down to number seven. Um, also releasing that week was Major Payne at number two, <laughs> Dolores Claiborne at number three, oh, yeah. and Tall Tale at number five. Uh, it fell below Pulp Fiction. I'll just oh. say that. It, it fell below <laughs> Pulp Fiction, which I think still held the number six spot from the previous week. Uh, and that's just in its second week alone. So, so far, uh, in just the first two weeks, it's down to number seven. Not so great. Um, not so good at all. Yeah, just a preview for next week, listeners. Candyman 3 is direct to home video, which in 1999 meant VHS. Most people were grabbing it on VHS or at their local blockbuster Hollywood videos. So this is a sneak preview why Candyman 3 wasn't in theaters. Right. And in the week after that, uh, it went down to number 14. And <laughs> there are no more recorded weeks after its third uh tommy boy released that week at number one then number 10 was tank girl which Oof. i've heard a lot about but have not yeah. seen probably for a good reason <laughs> and number 12 was born to be wild um again it fell below pulp fiction which i think still was still in the same spot uh -huh. but it was one spot above the Shawshank Redemption, which had been in uh, also for like almost 20 weeks or something like that so it did technically beat out uh, Shawshank Redemption in terms of placement by like one spot. Yeah. Shaw Shawshank had been already in theaters for like five months. So that's crazy. Right. Now, as for scores, um, <laughs> things are not looking <laughs> so great here either. IMDb score of a 5.3 and I don't see a meta score on it. So I guess they didn't record that. No. I guess, guess not many critics saw it. <laughs> I guess not. Um, well, Ron Tomatoes isn't necessarily anything better. 27% uh, uh, critic score, 30% audience score. Ouch. Yeah, ouch. Uh, Letterboxd at a 2.6 and no cinema score. So uh, what we can see here is uh, these are pretty low scores all across the board. Uh, IMDb and Letterboxd have it at the highest, which is like almost right in the middle of the road. Mm -hmm. uh, but Ron Tomatoes audience, they're not having it. And of course... Metascore and uh, CinemaScore didn't just didn't even record it. Yeah, um, it's pretty clear audiences and critics just didn't like this movie. There was a very slim majority that liked it. Only I guess you could only say 30 percent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nobody liked this movie. Very steep drops from the previous one where, on the other hand, last time critics gave it 75 percent approval rating. Um, this time the numbers are reversed. 73% 
don't approve of it. So it's just pretty much been flip-flopped. Yeah, so far, not looking so good for uh, for Candyman 2. But I guess we'll have to find out in a few days if Corbin and I liked Candyman 2. So, Corbin, thanks for joining me. I will see you on Monday. Sure thing. And listeners, as I mentioned, make sure to stay tuned because in a few days, we'll be reviewing this movie in full. So we'll see you then for Candyman Farewell to the Flesh. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.